Incompetence Project is a project made by a 24-year-old girl who is lost in the world and who feels like it could be different. Her name is Anne and she's me and I am originally Dutch but live in Scotland but have found myself back in the Netherlands for the summer of 2019 to make enough money working in a craft beer store to pay her tuition fees for her fourth and final year studying journalism and politics. I am over myself. I'm over my brain telling me I cannot do things because I don't know enough, that I cannot be a successful person because I am too ordinary or too normal or too non-crazy special to create special shit. This is my proof to myself that this girl can create anything she wants and that she is just gonna get kicking. So here is The Incompetence Project. Let's just get through it together. This is The Incompetence Project, episode number one. A couple of weeks ago, no, we're being honest, a couple of months ago, I came up with the idea to start a podcast. God knew about what, when, how, but I just felt like I wanted to do it. So I ended up buying a microphone from Amazon with a gift card and that microphone stayed in its box for weeks. I didn't just not even open it. No, I just put it in a corner and ignored it very, very deliberately. The reason why I didn't open that box is because I was so painfully aware that I had absolutely no knowledge about podcasting. I hardly knew how to get that mic working. And biggest issue of all, what the hell would I be talking about? I am just a 24-year-old girl who is doing a second degree just because she didn't know what she wanted after her first degree, who's racking up an immense amount of debt and who has always wanted to create things but seemed to have lost that ability the second she turned 20. For years, I would blame adulthood for my lack of creativity and my lack of creation simply because I felt that as soon as I turned into an adult, which was like 18, 20, whatever, That's when I would have to stop frolicking around life, have to stop focusing on things I'd love to do and really just buckle down on the stuff that needed to be done, which was getting a degree, getting a job, getting whatever boxes ticked off that I was told that needed to be ticked off. See, while this concept of me not being allowed to create stuff because I'm supposed to be an adult is already silly in itself, it becomes twice as silly when I tell you that both my parents are modern artists, meaning that the main adults in my life create for a living, meaning that my thought of being an adult and not being allowed to create is just so silly. So I thought I should just ask those two main creative people for advice on how to get through this creative rut and mostly how do you combine being an adult and having all these responsibilities and still doing what you love and creating completely new things? You can't do it not. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot not do it. You cannot not do it. You have to do it. The voice you hear is my mum. I ambushed her once, late one Tuesday evening while the sun was setting, while she was upstairs working. I asked her how she could pick such an unclear career, being a mother and everything. What is it that made her create always? There's inside um, something in you, of a little voice who said you had to do it. Otherwise your day isn't 
complete, complete or right or uh, lost. What my mum says about that voice inside your head telling you you have to create, it, it resonated a lot with me. It's kind of the reason why I'm making this whole podcast at all is because I've been hearing that voice and ignoring it, mostly because there's a certain insecurity in myself that I'm not good enough to create this. I've never done podcasting. I've never edited anything. And beside that voice inside my own head telling me I'm not good enough, there's also that slight fear that others will say that exact thing about whatever I create. So how do you get the balls to make something besides all the judgment you can receive? But what about the fear of other people judging you for what you're making or saying you're not good at this, you're not competent, you're not... All that paint you're using is wasted on you. Oh, they will, they, there are a lot of people who would say that. But uh, you get it around you people who say other things. Who are nice to you. Who are nice to you and uh, knows you better. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful thing in paintings and drawings is that the canvas is very patient. So you can come the other day and paint a totally different painting over it. And the canvas won't mind. And the canvas won't mind. Well, my mum's advice to gather people around you that support and understand you is solid. I realised that it wasn't actually what was bothering me. It is all in my head. And what she said next really hit home for me. So take the freedom, take the pleasure, take the, the joy of creating and not feel the burden of it has to mean and it has to conquer the world. Uh, it is so beautiful or is it so important? No, there's always another day where you have to do it again. But also you get the opportunity to do it again. So just find the joy in it. Yes, joy in you and not the people or uh, the gallery or anything else. Because that uh, source is very um, uh, quick, dry. I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but a part of me does really want to make a really good episode, does want to make a really good podcast. Would maybe love it if people would say, ooh, look at you, first try, and then it's really good. I, I, I won't lie, I'd like it. And I think that is what's been holding me back for weeks just because I know that what I'm going to make isn't going to be that good. Simply because I haven't done it before and because you need to practice to become good at stuff and the practice is the painful part where you're not going to get the compliments even though you secretly want it because it's already scary enough that you're trying it. And what my mom said about just doing it for the joy of it and doing it for you is so much more important than doing it for the comments, for the likes, for, in her case, the art gallery is telling you you're the bomb. And that is something that I am really trying to work on. This hunger for approval is something I haven't always had. Because I clearly remember when I was about 15, I discovered photography. There was Chrissy White on Flickr for any maybe old school people out there. Flickr was this website that amateur photographers would upload their pictures and you could get feedback on them and over time actually people became very famous through Flickr and Chrissy White was maybe two three years older than I was and she had this cool camera and she was really good at Photoshop 
and she made these whimsical images of girls flying through windows or going right into books and they were just the coolest and she really inspired me so I started making pictures of my mom's macbook and then finally getting a real camera and then just spending every day after school taking portraits of myself simply because there wasn't anyone else who wanted to be a model and because I was a little ashamed of it maybe because I wasn't that good yet but besides that I would every time I would get a portrait that was good I would just upload it on Facebook I would change my profile picture every two weeks and I just did it because I loved it and over time people actually started noticing it and I got tons of likes and I got tons of comments and people asked me if I could take pictures for them and it was all just for me a passion that I wanted to pursue And it wasn't until a friend of mine said one day, and she started it with, you know, I find it so impressive how you're not so self-conscious about your portraits. And I went, what? What do you mean? And she said, you know, there's a big chance lots of people think you're super self-absorbed for only taking pictures of yourself. I think it's really cool that you do it despite all that judgment you get. I never knew I got judgment. I never even thought of it that way. And... That comment opened up this whole new line of thinking about were others judging what I did? Was it important that they did? Like, what? And from that point forward, I started to create less and less. For me, creation became a simple act of arrogance, of thinking you're interesting enough to share the insides of your brain, the insides of your thoughts, your dreams, your your thought processes. And for a while, I only thought that real artists were allowed to share these thoughts because real artists, they had in some way, shape or form, a sort of magical shield that made them artists because they used their thoughts and their creations and all of that to express themselves. And they could never be truly narcissistic or truly egocentric for wanting to create the the beauty that was in their head and take it into the world. So because I decided for some reason that only artists were allowed to create because it was a profession and because they were the chosen people to do it, I pretty much left that part of me alone and I felt that she was self-indulgent and just a very arrogant part of me. And I think over time... It just started to slowly nibble away in a sense that I really wanted to create and I love to write and I love photography and I love sharing things and I love all of the stuff, but I felt like it was something I couldn't do. For one, I'm an adult now and secondly, I don't want to be an arrogant adult. I want to be like a nice person. Not everyone has to love me, sure as hell. I have parts of me that I'm sure people don't always like, and that is fair, because I don't like everyone as well, so that's all good. But at least the thing I would never want it to be seen was an arrogant, self-absorbed, unkind soul that just felt that she was so special that everyone had to know everything she thought or did. I decided that this was a good topic to ask the other half of my parenting team, my dad, who's been a modern artist for over 40 years. Had he ever dealt with feeling like a narcissist for creating art? And if so, how does he deal with that? In a certain way, it's, it's yes, self-indulgent because you, you think that you, could, uh, you can create something that is, wasn't there before. So it's, it's not so easy um, 
to say that you're not looking in a mirror when you're doing the things. But it's only for a moment, I think. It's not so long. It's, it's the other thing, your work, your, the progress you make or uh, the things you do, they are more important than yourself. So it's, it's just a moment that you think, well, I did it well or I did it wrong. But it's, it's, it's kind of having uh, children. Children in your, when you're writing a book and you've got a very nice book, it's a kind of child, a child. And when it is a child, it has to go its own way. So it, it's only when you're working at it, you can feel something what you ask. But when it's finished, when it's okay, just let it go and it goes its own way. This idea that I have to distance myself from what I create and, as my father says, see it more like a child than just a part of me, did help me feel less attached to the outcome and, more importantly, feel less attached to what people might say or, more importantly, what I might think about it. It takes away that idea that what I create is what I am. Sure, your child is a part of you, but it's not you. So if I create something that isn't fabulous, that doesn't mean that I'm not fabulous. And for me, that takes the pressure off because the pressure makes me feel like I have to create something really good. It has to show that I'm talented. It has to show that I've got potential. It has to show all these things. And that makes me not want to create it anymore because I don't know if I have those things. And the child analogy just makes me feel... Like, this is something I created. I quite like it or I don't, but I tried. And that gives me that light that my mom told me about. That light and joy in just creating something because you really want to and you cannot not do it. When I asked him about criticism, and mostly criticism within yourself, he told me about finding comfort and inspiration outside of your comfort zone. So he mentioned traveling or meeting new people and really opening up your boundaries. But his overall conclusion was to just stick to your guns. If you know what you're doing, just do it, whether people will like it or not. The only issue is, what if you don't have any guns to stick to, like me? <laughs> then you, t- you have to take the time. And don't rush too far and don't um, do so many things to, to turn it the other way. It, it won't help you. You have to take your time. Don't um, You don't have to be fast you don't have to be slow just go on in a normal tempo that's that's the best thing you can do you have to collect your your good moments and don't forget your bad moments but collect your good moments and go on and as fathers tend to do he hit the nail right on the head i need to learn to take it slow i need to learn that i might feel like i need to do a lot of things but i don't I can take my time, I can take my own pace, and I can even make my own to-do list. My own check-off for being an adult list. If there's anything my parents have taught me throughout these interviews, is that I have told myself that I need to be able to do all these things. And I have told myself that I need to be good at everything, that I need to be creative and I need to be talented and I need to be better than the average person. And the thing is, all I need to do is do something that I enjoy. And if that means writing mediocre poetry, that's fabulous. If that means making mediocre podcast episodes, that's even better. It is about doing it. It's about listening to that instinct that tells you 
that you have to try and you have to keep going just because you really, really want to and not because you feel like others will like you better if you do or you will like you better if you do. It is about you trying and living your best life because in the end, that's all there is to it, isn't it? Life's pretty short and me obsessing over not being good enough to make a podcast doesn't create a podcast and me just sitting here and talking to you does. So from now on, I really want to just try and to create and by doing more, I'll get better and by looking at the good things and the bad things, I'll see what needs to improve. So here's to me for finishing this episode finally despite feeling like I couldn't do it or despite all those voices that kept telling me I shouldn't even pick up a microphone or even try to figure out audacity because it's not that difficult but if you don't want to do it it's quite difficult but also here's to you for listening in and if in any way shape or form these feelings of wanting to create more or maybe just wanting to live more less living by rules less living by what you feel like you should do but really by what you kind of want to do Maybe we can do it together. Let me know if you liked it or let me know if you want to hear anything else or if there's any topics you might feel would be a good one to dissect. All in all, here's to us for finishing this episode and for making it through together. When it comes to you, then you you had to stop. And not uh, when I do this and this and this and this, then it's a good painting. No. So it's not technique. It's not competence. No. And you never know when it comes to you. So you always have to pay attention and be sensitive and yeah, watch out when it comes by. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> a very special thanks to Jovina Rodevink and Willem Stop for being the first ever guests on the Incompetence Project. Music credit goes to La Souterrain with Tukaneba Bar and Lee Fond with Blue Dot Sessions. Created and edited by me, Anne Stoop. <laughs>